Welcome to Bad Movie Brunch. I'm Luke. I'm Katie. And I'm Taylor. This week, I got to pick, and I picked a wonderful movie called Because I Said So, which has a rating on Rotten Tomatoes of 4%. 4. 4%. 4. A whopping 4%. Mm-hmm. And uh, I will probably spend most of this time um, talking about how do you get something like this to 4%? And is it because these movies are older that the percentage goes lower? Or is this movie just that bad? I have a lot of, I have a big cup of nostalgia waiting for this uh, movie. And when I. Cup of soup. A cup of soup. <laughs> yeah. Uh, so. I'm so excited to talk about it with you guys, but I'm going to let Katie kind of descri- describe it because I'm shit at doing it. There's no <laughs> foreplay when Taylor intros this episode. We are just in the movie. We are in it. We are in it okay. to win it. It's because it's No, awesome. uh, let me ask real quick. Is this the lowest rated movie we've done? 4%? No. Be- uh, sur- sorry, uh, Baby Geniuses, I think, had 2%. Okay, so it's Taylor's polls that are... <laughs> I'm here for the underdog, mm-hmm. but I'm not here for it's uh, for anybody who is actually tracking and listening constantly. They must be so confused by me as a human being because I'm like, there are movies that have not, 70 not for that. For, right. at 78 percent that I'm like, this movie should have never been made. And, uh. then, and then I have baby genius <laughs> because I said so. And I'm like, thank God it's been made. Um Jeez, two percent. Taylor's like, I would, I would claw my eyeballs out rather than watch WW eighty four. And she's like, Look, I fuck with because I said so. <laughs> but that's why we're a perfect couple because I, I have a lot of weird takes like that too. And, um, and that's mm-hmm. what makes the podcast, you know, it's, it's what gives it its edge. I mean, babies it, who talk that deserves more than two percent any day. They drink whole milk. They deserve the whole percent. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Alrighty, I'm done. <laughs> Katie, take yes. it away. Okay. With, with this movie. So Daphne, played by Diane Keaton, has three daughters. Her two eldest daughters are already married, but her third youngest daughter, played by Mandy Moore, just breaks up with her boyfriend around the beginning of the movie, and Daphne is very worried about her daughter Millie's love life. And so she intervenes by taking a personal ad to the internet to try to find somebody to hook her daughter up with. She manages to find a suitor, who I will refer to as Architect, to woo her. Because in the 2000s, we were really into architects because architects are brainy but creative. And that's very appealing to writers. So she finds a very dashing, rich architect, and she approves of him. As she's going through interviewing all these other suitors, she runs into a guitar player who is wearing a fedora because we didn't know any better back then. And he <laughs> he has a tattoo on his hand, and she just assumes he's a loser because he's, he's got a guitar player and he's got too. bad written all over him. And he's just a dude. I don't know why she feels that way. He doesn't feel terribly dangerous to me at any point. But anyway, so these two men start pursuing her daughter without Mandy Moore, Millie's knowledge that they know her mother or the whole setup. And eventually, as she's dating both of them, things are heating up. She's beginning to hook up with them and spend more time with them and really enjoy them. 
uh, fedora guitar player has a son who's really sweet and he has a good relationship with his single dad. They're both single dads. And Architect is very shiny, but also kind of a douche sometimes. And he not... Like, he'll make fun of the way how, how she says great all the time. Millie, that is. And yeah. it eventually gets to a point where the ruse comes out that of what Diane Keaton Daphne has done. And Mandy Moore is naturally very upset. And guitar player Fedora Boyfriend is upset that she was dating Architect the whole time. <laughs> and eventually she ends up with Fedora and... <laughs> Daphne, who really needed to live her own life this whole time, ends up with guitar fedora, fedora guy's single dad. And it ends, instead of with Mandy Moore's marriage, with Daphne's marriage. And that is the end of the film. Oh, oh my God. Very well done. Well done very Katie. succinctly put. Uh, yeah, 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 yeah. Katie, 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 When I tried to introduce it, I was like, and Diane Keating. And um, <laughs> Lauren Graham. Um, it lo- it felt like just like a lot of like building blocks. Like Katie, the way you're already describing these characters by job alone is basically how they're introduced into the script stage and also like the movie. These are mm-hmm. all like just like little like blocks that aren't really being like overly overly analyzed, overly complicated. It's like here's uh it's also like vaguely I-, I couldn't help but notice how like oh, vaguely it's not vaguely ba- it's... vaguely racist at times and like they're like and and like super i mean for a movie that's set in 07 it feels like sort of like 90s and it's takes and like in 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 the ways it chooses to try and be edgy and like shock mm. humory you know what i'm saying like the korean spa and the uh the indian suitor Yes. Oh, yeah. yeah, he's foreign guy in the credits. He's also Nate the Great and Ted Lasso. I've been doing Ted Lasso on Apple on Apple TV. Oh my Plus. god, that's him? Yeah. yeah. Taylor oh, I called love that. him on Ted Lasso. Yeah. You know, well, who I called is Architect is the guy that Mia ends up marrying in La La Land. I go, Taylor, I said it offhandedly as a joke, right? It's actually like... But it, but it is him. No, and now... Oh, you said it was. Yes, it is him. Oh. And it actually makes me laugh because with Katie describing it, I'm like... Did did we just get the better version of because I said so like a uh, a life of a woman between two men uh an architect the guy that uh Mia's dating in La La Land versus the uh musician Ryan Gosling like mm-hmm. w- without the music and all the brilliance My preferred version of because I said so is the dude bro version we already covered with uh, featuring NSync Oh okay <laughs> Um, one, I think it's very easy to point out the very, very, very problematic. There is like consistently bad racist jokes throughout the mm-hmm. whole thing. And I don't know if it's the whole thing, but. But it, I mean, I guess it's sprinkled throughout the whole thing. Like it's sprinkled in there. And two, saying, like, the suicidal, like suicidal jokes. Oh, yeah. They're like, fuck this oh, guy. Tony Hale. Suicide. What an idiot. Yeah, mm-hmm. but what's amazing to me, the building blocks is this movie. Sh- I the fact that this movie could get a four percent with one, everybody in that movie at that point in time is, uh, just being eaten up with love and joy and wanting just more of them. Like it, Lauren Graham just finishing up Gilmore Girls. We're just finished. Mandy 07 Moore is, is 07 is post Gilmore Girls. 
Maybe it's not post. Well, I just wonder. I'm, I, I didn't realize um, when the show ended. It might be at the very... It's definitely at the she's end of it. She's famous at that point. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Like, but, like, she's loved. And she's famous. The other girl from Coyote Ugly is famous. Mandy, Mandy Moore is Moore. famous. Diane Keaton's famous. I'm sorry I can't remember everybody's name. That's so rude of me to call but her the boy, the actually Coyote the, Ugly. The boys are not very famous besides the dad, who has been canceled. Yeah, we don't talk about him on the show. We will not mention him more than that. Uh, but he was very popular at that time. The dad from Seventh Heaven. Mm. Um... But it should have it, it, it and the writer, one of the writers, was the writer for um and producer of Stepmom. I don't know if you've ever watched that movie, but it's always oh, very, very, very good. Um and I am Sam. And so I'm like, you you really sh- it, a four percent for this movie. I I just am like, I don't know how you how you did that so poorly because it should have been easy and it wasn't. But I am confused on how you get 4%. Is it 4% because this movie was made for adults and then adults really got upset and mad at it? Is it 4%? Cause, yeah, because 12-year-old Taylor was here for it. I, I really was. <laughs> I, I'm not going to lie. She's like, oh, my God, their mom has never come before. That's ridiculous. <laughs> I, which is funny because, like, uh, I remember watching it. Hey, mom, come much? Yeah, that's exactly. I actually went in and I had my first discussion with my mom about orgasms. Uh, no, I did not. I just don't think I ever put this it together. like, look at our butts and our underwear. Do you get it? We're different ages, but also we're family. Yeah. Oh, really quick. And, we ahead, talked Katie. about this off the pod, but I don't believe for a second that Diane Keaton in any form has never experienced an orgasm. I'm not here for it. I don't want, I don't even want to engage in that. That's, to me, that's just so, that's one of the most unbelievable parts of the movie. Like, really? Really? <laughs> At no point? Especially for women that, like, I think what makes it even more unbelievable, one, I was telling you that it's like, it's all of the clothes. Like, to me, it's the clothes that give it away. It's like, oh, you try to live a rich, quirky, fulfilling life. Like, and you're, you're going to tell me that you didn't make sure your husband made you owe your way out out into the world. <laughs> I don't believe it. And two, two, um, it's the way they talk about food and bake. Like mm. Mandy Moore, we for some reason we get like this five seconds of Mandy Moore describing how she makes salad and she's like marigolds for this and this for this. And it's like, oh, you like to be touched. But like, <laughs> but like, is that their version of like trying to like build, like give her character development? Because like this girl cooks, so she cares about cooking. You guys know what I'm saying? I also think that the the cooking element is meant to parallel the two characters because Mandy Moore is so done with her mother in this film, but she and Diane Keaton really do have really are similar in the their neuroticism and their cooking. Oh yeah. So it's like we become our mothers, that kind of thing. It, it it is very much like Diane Keaton is looking. The whole thing is, and I said this. I'll, I'll say it again. This movie is the mommy issues movie of the century. Like, if you want to watch a movie and be like, "Oh, I've got mommy issues," you watch this movie and you'll be like, "Oh, okay. I I went to therapy today. Good, great, <laughs> wonderful." I feel like it's so uh like m- like noticeable, like markably uh like strange when you see actors that are are of note to to age like on screen you can go back and see them young and virile and then like go see them older like, i just watched the irishman 
Um, mm-hmm. And that's another. That's I mean, holy shit, it was wonderful. I never saw it before, and it's fantastic. Um, which is not a hot take, and it's also like you know whatever. But re- the point is, like, no matter how much you de-age him, you still see De Niro and Joe Pesci l- moving like old men. And it's mm-hmm. like, oh my god, you can go watch. You can go watch Raging Bull. You know what I mean? And see this fucking. 20 something De Niro looking like a God. And then you can also see him like super old at the end of the Irishman. And it's really sad. And it's like, you know, and that movie is, is that's part of the theme. And I think it works using those actors too. Cause we recognize them this way. I'm saying that about Diane Keaton. I'm saying it about like other things, other people that I notice in movies or in TV, because like in family, in real life, when you see people every day, the only comparison to like, them as like younger versions of themselves is just like mostly f- like photos. We don't have like living, breathing proof and like how people walk, talked, and moved. I, I, does this tangent make sense? Do I sound like a total stoner? Like what I'm saying is like it, to Katie's point of like all of us becoming like if these girls are all going to become their mother and we're all like on this, you know, predestined path like like heading toward age old neuroses and shit. Um. I think it's just amplified when you see it in people's like performing career because you can just you can just like really point at it and and mark it. Oh, mm-hmm. like okay. At first I was like I have no idea what you're saying. Um, but Diane Keaton it's like, "Oh, I I knew you in Annie Hall." Right. She's been so mm-hmm. how can you how do we how can you sit here and tell me that you we don't know who you are? Is that what you're saying? Nah, I'll forget about it. Oh. Alrighty. Um, I'll cut it. Uh, but I just am like, what, Katie? What yes. do you think made this four percent? You know, you know what I think it is. Is I think that at in two thousand seven we were getting sick of rom coms. I think that's a big part of it. I think the glut really burst. I think that a lot of critics are very hard on rom coms, and I feel like Luke's point that comic book movies should be judged on a different scale i feel the same about rom-coms because rom-coms are really meant to be lukewarm baths of just comfort they're not really meant to say anything deep or anything like that just to like point out a thing two people fall in love there's a misunderstanding they get back together that's all folks go home so and, and people like the repetition and i think that people when i was looking through everything that the critics were saying a lot of the things had to do with the fact that it was cliche, which, all right, I mean, that's a fair criticism, but I, a lot of people that enjoy these kind of movies are here for that. And also one of the big things was Diane Keaton's performance, which is over the top, but I think that's because the character calls for it, it to be over the top. And I think that that's more of a script problem more than anything. Oh, a hundred percent. I feel one that makes sense to me because I mean, uh, I watched my fair share of rom coms at that point in my life. I was like obsessed with it, and I had watched all of them, but to me, they were all brand new. So I was like, "Woohoo! This is a party!" Mm-hmm. Everybody's favorite genre is rom coms. Um, but and Diane Keaton, I just feel like she shouldn't be anything other than what we got from her in that movie. And maybe, I wonder if it was also like internet and personal ads were different at this point uh, Mm -hmm. in time. And so I wonder if it's aged differently because Tinder and Bumble and all of these things exist now where I'm like, 
okay, we're upset and annoyed that this mom put out a like a personal ad for her daughter, but like dudes send dick pics to girls all the time now. You know what I mean? Like the concept feels sort of evergreen. Like you could easily mm-hmm. take this concept and set it in any era of human existence. You know what I'm saying? Like it's like like back to like I mean they mentioned fiddler on the roof and shit. Like back mm-hmm. to dowries. Like back to like all that shit. Like fucking people marrying their third cousins in the Revolutionary War and shit. Like you know that shit happens. So like the idea of like a mom, like it's super high concept. I like I don't mind that part. Yeah. I don't think that's four percent, but I think I think it's the execution, right? Yeah. Mm-hmm. I, and I guess it, it's the, we really don't get much more than the surface level of everything. Like, it's kind of like, oh, OK. For an hour and fucking 44 minutes. <laughs> See, <you do laughs> like 90 minute me if you're going to be this movie. That I, <laughs> It's so. <laughs> Luke did not want to oh, orgasm delightful. through this movie. I didn't, he said I didn't he wanted hate no it. foreplay through it. Super didn't hate it. Super didn't I'm hate sorry it. for laughing so hard on the mic. That's oh, gonna be rough. Okay. No, so they funny. want it. They that want was it. So funny. Um, no, it it is. Uh, I just don't. Four uh, percent to me feels like. Have we gotten worse movies since then? Yes. And then I'm like, but should this movie exist? Does it need? Does it need to exist? Probably not. Why not? Did you enjoy yourself? Did it give you? Do you have warm memories of this flick? Why shouldn't it exist? I mean, that's the thing. It's like it's so hard with these with this tomato meter, and and we kind of use it as a as a healthy gauge on the show. And I think it's helpful in that respect. But mm-hmm. we, it's not app, it's not apples to oranges or tomatoes to tomatoes or whatever the fuck. You know what I'm saying? Like a four percent on this on this rom com versus like you know or like a hundred percent on Toy Story to a hundred percent on Citizen Kane is you know what I mean? Like it's all this is all different mediums and we're trying to narrow it down to like, uh, like one fucking like zero to a hundred scale. And like every genre and every flick is, is, you know, yes, there's a criteria for each, but that kind of like everything falls under, but it's, it's a subjective medium just like anything else. I guess this is what I'll say. I put the top in top five of my movies, uh, on the rocks and, uh, was on the rocks or on the rock? On the rocks. Okay, cool. Mm-hmm. Um, and then I and then because I said so is a movie that like I thoroughly enjoyed and probably at some point said was my favorite movie uh, of all time. Probably at when I was in seventh grade. I mean, shit, dude. That's okay. That's like that's mm-hmm. ma- and then maybe that's who it's for. Except for like probably not because it's a little 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 racy. <laughs> um, but I'm like, uh. apples let's say we all grow up to be our mothers and things like that like use that trope well we all grow up to love the things that we watch and so i'm like does this but does this you know what i know it is i watched fran uh lebowitz uh special on netflix Mm. and she said in her her, is it lebowitz lebowitz thank you i'm really good at pronouncing names if anything um with martin scorsese um, and she's just talking and she goes, if a guilty pleasure doesn't kill anyone, it doesn't need to be called a guilty pleasure. It's just a pleasure. Why do you feel so guilty about it? And you know what? I am not going to feel guilty about loving because I said so. Good 4%. That's, a, that's essentially the ethos of this entire like podcast is just enjoy the things that you want to enjoy. But I would 
Taylor, if you don't mind, I'd like to invite you to talk about what you like about this movie, because we spent so much time criticizing it, but yeah. it does have a warm place in your heart, and I would love to know why. I think I love it. Racism and homophobia aside. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> no, babe, that's why I love it. I mean, that woman does end up with a woman at the end. Yeah, mm-hmm. I don't know if you... Um, oh, I saw. One, I... <laughs> <laughs> oh, I saw. <laughs> Katie, did you notice? <laughs> <laughs> um, what I love is one I love. Man, Lauren Graham could do it. Could lift up a spoon, and I would go, "Woo!" Um, it's just like in Parenthood. Yeah, I love Parenthood. I love anything that Lauren Graham does. Um, and watching her basically reprise uh, a character just like Lorelai, but a little bit more like motherly, um, is so exciting to me. Many more. I think I love it because it. I feel very at home in the trope of you expect the guy who's made of riches and to be the best guy, but a, a good old musician who loves his son and does it. It's like it's it's money versus love, and I feel like in that in that realm, I'm always like. I feel at home. I agree. Thank you for teaching me that lesson again today. Um, and I love... Am I the musician? I don't have a hand tattoo. No, yes, babe. You are <laughs> the... Uh, but you've got tattoos in other places. Mm. Like his... It's his, mm. it's his bicep. Some of the line deliveries are funny in this movie. Some of the lines are witty. Some of the, some of the, some of the jokes hit for me. I, like I was cracking up at some stuff. I can't lie. Yeah, I think that's it. I love watching them sing all together and watching them like not be good at singing is so brilliant mm-hmm. and then have the music come out so well. Um, and I also listen to this. Um, this is basically a big cup of uh, like me bringing, be- bringing me back to my childhood because I loved this CD, this soundtrack mm-hmm. CD, and I listened to it over and over and over and over and over again. So I think hearing the music is that's the other part. But I think I just love watching her realize that she can trust herself more than she needs to trust anyone else. And that's mm-hmm. like the whole point of it. And um, I, I, I feel like I don't know. I'm always like, yeah. And then I go home and I'm like, yeah, Taylor, you can buy those cookies today because yeah. you're smart and you're the <laughs> You're, it's, it's so cheesy but that I think I just like take it everywhere with me it made me laugh mm-hmm. a lot too um, the only thing I can't do is like why did why did you decide to, to take her voice away for a scene it's not funny <laughs> I'm like this is fucking annoying the voice thing maybe they're just like oh she's got laryngitis for a scene well you're okay shut up <laughs> I think just because they were like mm, wacky shenanigans. How how do oh, so wacky? I mm-hmm. um I, I I you know it's one of those things where like I also bet it was like a fun set. I bet they had a fun time together. Those ladies. What do you think, Taylor? Oh yeah, I bet. I mean, I would dream to be on that set with them. I'm like, oh hello. Sorry, we got paid. And I'd be like, I will be your PA. Hi. Um, I yeah. I think it's seeing all those people together. Also. It ties a very universal world in my mind because I just watched The Family Stone recently. Oh, um, me too. For Christmas? Katie, mm-hmm. Yes. Did you know? Did you realize that that classic. picture they were, you, they were using is the same picture mm-hmm. that Sarah Jessica Parker uses in 
the family stone at the end. I did, actually. I was like, what? Shared universe, Easter egg. um, I'm like, oh, Diane, you've got two families. How do you manage? And you've never come. Yeah. (laughs) I'm not buying it. Um, yeah, I, I think also there's a lot about the, like, I think now that I'm older and listening to them talk about orgasms freely at that point in time, I bet was like awesome to be like, yeah, let's, I, it was nice to realize now that they're like, it's always great to hear women talk about orgasms. Cause I think that's a thing that people really shy away from. So I was like, mm-hmm. yeah. Did I think it was weird that we're going to all sit here and talk about them having the same orgasm noise? Yes. And I think it's too far. Close fucking family, man. Close family. Mm-hmm. <laughs> like, that part I'd be like, Lauren, Graham, you're a therapist. How do you manage to know all these things and live a life where you have a very bad relation, like, uh, not great boundaries and so, you mean and, so she's a therapist? Yeah. Well, ah, uh, uh, zingdom. No, nah, I'm just kidding. And then very um, respectable profession. Shush. And then the other part was them all getting on the phone while they're all about to have sex, too. Um, throughout the movie was really. I'm like, that's too far. Yeah. Uh, you're answering the a, phone. A little diabetes. close. They're yeah. like, let's do it like sex in the city. It's like, yeah, but they're not like mother and like daughter and sisters. You freaks. Yeah, mm-hmm. like. Uh, well, I don't think anybody should get on the phone when they're they have some man on top of them. Yeah, but it could be funny in like <laughs> in like uh, if they're all like, it could be funny in a different context. If I will all say like, one context where it is really funny is in um, sorry to bother you. A woman oh, answers the phone it. while she's having like like takes a tele uh tele um, gosh, what are those called? Uh, telemarketer call. Mm-hmm. While she's having sex. And then she hangs like like that bit I thought was really funny just just the thought of like because who answers a telemarketer anymore like at all but to do oh, it in the middle of such an intimate act that well, and I, I would never I guess I feel one I'd feel differently about was the phone call that she took a a house call or was it a a house phone or was it a cell phone I think it was a cell phone. Oh, see, she, feel like it I was a flip it. phone, and I think she okay. flipped it down. Oh, that's to me. T- the, that also reminds me in parenthood, the daughter is like about to have sex for the first time, and she accidentally answers the phone, and that's all drama in itself. Brilliant. But like to be like, I'm going to answer the phone and know that it's my mother. And, and know that I am about to get it on or in the middle of getting it on. No, thank you. No, mm-hmm. thank you. My b- boundaries drawn. Line mm-hmm. in the sand drawn. Um, I also love the baking part. And I love that she can't, like, I'm also a sucker for, like, thinking that this world is made up of fairy tales. Um, and so the fact that she burns the souffle with the other guy and she does not with this guy, I'm like, yeah, yeah, that's how life works. I'm like, I would never burn the souffles with Luke. When we got to the concept of, like, what the movie was going to be, I'm like, oh, if this were a Christmas movie, I bet you it would be it would be way more palatable. That makes sense. That's a very good point. I mean, it just seems like I could use a taste of holiday. It feels like I could fit into that genre with less expectations, but it probably wouldn't have the budget. 
That would be that would that would fulfill my needs. So that's all the I feel things like that I'm I easier with that, you know. I think that's all the things that I love, and I'd give it, I'd give it a forty percent at least. Because I don't know if I'd go higher. I don't know if mm-hmm. I would do that, but I'd give it more. I feel like it's doing less harm. Um, but I would say that you really, it should be take, take out all of the bullshit, like bad this jokes. This is, this is the bad, bad jokes. Ranked They're one. not jokes. They're inappropriate. I mean, it's a lower percentage than Joanna Man, is it not? Yeah. It's a lower percentage of Kissing Booth, which just mm-hmm. made me so That's mad a way more me. toxic movie than this. <laughs> exactly. Kissing Booth is way more toxic than this. And that's where I'm also like, I feel like adults at this point, no, it's like, if you're an adult and you're watching this movie, it's it's like watching. This was a movie for a moms dis- and daughters, right? Yeah, and that's mm-hmm. who it's for, right? Mm-hmm. And I'm like, why? Be, I, they we know we know what we're watching. We get it. I'm like, well, this is like watching trash TV. So I think Katie, you saying that the, at this point it had gone too far. The rom coms is brilliant. It's like getting an extra uh, bad. Uh, Marvel or comic book, any comic book movie. Hell like, yeah. That's it. So I like that point. I, I, that's where I stand on my ground on this movie. What about you, Katie? I, I didn't think it was four percent bad either. I was, I was pretty yeah. surprised to learn that. I, I do think it was judged a little bit more harshly because of the time period, and um, I am kind of surprised that Diane Keaton was nominated for a Razzie for this movie. She uh, <gasps> lost to, to Lindsay Lohan for um, <laughs> I Know Who Killed Me. So there is that. Um, but yeah, I, I probably wouldn't watch it again. It's not for me. But I didn't, I didn't have a terrible time. It, it just, again, I just think of this kind of film as it, it is what it said it was going to be. Which is a kind of goofy mothers and daughters rom-com. Yeah, I think that it's... And... and take it on it's a a rom-com and it's also with a bunch of actors that are really beloved that also get like have given very very good performances that i wonder if it's also like how dare you give us this when you you when you've given us annie hall you Mm -hmm. know what i mean like it's Mm -hmm. it it seems more like why did you give it and i i stand the ground of if you haven't seen stepmom um you should watch it it's an incredible movie i am sam Luke told me that he thought that people didn't like that movie. I, I, I thought, thought people, people didn't like it. Maybe I'm wrong. I thought people like, I, I don't know. I remember people older than me when I was younger speaking of it in high regards. Do I, should I try to, should I trust that basis? No. But I feel like that writer also has, has quite a bit of a, My phone's a history. Um, so I think it also might've been like high expectations too high of expectations from a movie that didn't deserve more than... Are you talking about this movie or I Am Sam? No, this movie. Okay. <laughs> I'm saying, like, with, with everybody that is on board, on, on board for this okay. movie, the, the writer having their own the history of, real, of good movies, sure. again, mm-hmm. what I thought were considered good Maybe. movies. Maybe that it's also, like, the expectation would have been too high and then disappointment. So, bada-bing, bada-boom. That's... How I'll, uh, maybe that's the issue. I hope someone also, will tell me one day why they hate it. I need this, to meet this, someone who hates this movie. <laughs> this movie has the same director as um, Heather's, Michael Lehman, which is a nice oh. fun fact. Interesting. 
Mm-hmm. See? It, it, it has every making of a cult classic. And it should have been. I mean, hey, we paid money to rent it. It's still yeah, happening. Yeah, me too. Yes, but it wouldn't have You're happened. You're welcome. But it wouldn't have happened if it if It had a could. shitload of reviews on Amazon. Yeah. Positive ones. Am I misremembering? Oh, I didn't check it on I Amazon. I felt like it had like two like I felt like it had like 2000 reviews. I'm not even kidding. Yeah. And they were like decent. I could be wrong. Everyone, I think That's where we rented it, didn't we? Yep. I think people were just mad that it had a, a 2007 all-star cast and then they're like and you gave and you decided to give us this. I wonder if it tanked ass in the box office too. Hmm. Let's see. But yeah. uh, it had a budget of thirty nine million and a box office of sixty nine point five million. I mean, it's not a tank ass. It's not great. It's not mm-hmm. even good. But like, they that's, made back what they. Spent. That's sort of the thing that everybody keeps talking about right now. Is like thirty thirty nine million dollar movies like this aren't probably like they're just kind of gone. That doesn't happen anymore. And uh, and I guess unless a streamer is gonna do it. Like, it, it, like studios don't put out those lesser, like, you know, they used to put out those rom-coms for $39 million and stuff like that. They just mm-hmm. don't do it anymore. So it's, it, that, in, in that respect, it's kind of a bummer to see these movies go that by the wayside. I mean, and a 4% is maybe one of the reasons, unfortunately. Yeah. This is a movie that would go directly to streaming and, um, and do well, and, and that's probably where it should live. And that's mm-hmm. what I would give it a rating off of. It's like finding that Adam Sandler, Sandler, Jennifer Aniston movie making its way into Netflix. It's just like that. It's not Hubie Halloween, boo-hoo, boo-boo-boo. So <laughs> it deserves, yeah. Sandler is Netflix's golden boy. He's their golden yeah. pony. I'll take, an, I'll take a remake of this before I get another Hubie Halloween. Just crazy, and I just can't can't stop thinking about how all these streamers are just like. I'm impressed by the strategy of being like, we need to get names and put them in charge of their own project, and that'll be ours exclusively. That was that was like, I know it sounds so simple, but it's smart. I mean, you had Scorsese do, you had Scorsese and David Fincher uh, and Sorkin do Netflix movies, and like all these other people. Scorsese you had, did that, and that for Netflix as well. You have Sandler at Netflix. You have. Uh, uh, Sofia Coppola mm. did your Apple TV movie. You know what I mean? The Meryl Streep is signed on to several steam, uh, streaming, and she's gone to bat for Netflix. Right. The Russos and that Tom Holland flick is an Apple exclusive coming. Like, it, it's just so interesting, and I like that strategy. And it, and it's definitely a draw. It's working for me. Like, I'm gonna, I'm taking, I'm checking it out. Put Sudeikis in charge of a show that's like vaguely about sports, but it's actually just the purest show on television. You know what I mean? I'll watch mm-hmm. it. Shout out to Ted Lasso one more time. Yeah, and I think Very that I think that I think it covers all of our things about because I said so. Should you watch it? Yes, because I said so. Uh, <laughs> if it were free somewhere, if it were free somewhere, I'd say watch it. If you don't want to pay mm-hmm. three ninety nine, I get that. But then this episode will kind of be irrelevant to you until you do. And if if you are listening and you do want to watch it, let us know, and I will pay for it. And support somebody's eBay store and buy the DVD for like a dollar. Be a, be a mm-hmm. good person. What's yeah. the matter with you? <laughs> and uh, Katie, any extra credits this week? Extra credits. Uh, I watched that Tiger Woods documentary. I thought that Ooh. was really interesting. How he mm. became the person who he was and how he's kind of coming back from it all. It's a, uh, you know, I, I'm always interested. I still haven't watched The Last Dance, but it is on my list. I am intrigued by... Um, by sports stories. I, I think that they're very interesting. And celebrity stories in general 
I, I think are are fascinating just just how people operate under such an intense microscope and you'll freak the, over the last dance the you'll joy freak. and pitfalls of that and does it cover up until uh, like so it, does it cover all the way to through his scandals yes mm-hmm. past oh, the scandals then, right. and uh up till fairly recently uh to his comeback mm-hmm. uh, and and it's a lot like that's back. a serious father-son trek that one. The trailer seemed really sad and father sunny, and I was like, ah, I'm all right on this one. <laughs> mm-hmm. Oh, very good. So you'd recommend it? I would. Yeah, I thoroughly enjoyed it. I thought it was incredibly informative. Hmm. All right. I, I still want? I still haven't seen Promising Young Woman because it's twenty dollars to rent, and I needed to buy sh- new sheets for our bed because there's just a giant hole. You know, that's how it goes. We should. We should have had you hop on our account when we still had, like, another day to watch it last week. I don't know why I didn't think of that. Katie, I'm going to send you $20 right now to watch it. <laughs> I will s- even if you don't use it, I'm going to send you $20 right now. Um, oh, that's so sweet. <laughs> because. No, you got to watch it. Yeah. It's must watch right now. And yeah. You need to be ahead of the curve. This isn't something you need to just hear people talk about. You need to yeah. see it. Even if you don't watch it for several weeks, uh, I don't care. But it's I'm like how I felt you... like Endgame. I would do this with Endgame. That's how good Promising Young Woman is. I'm giving you the money just just because. And if you buy sh- extra sheets with it, be my guest. No, don't say that <laughs> we, this is for Get Promising Young Woman. the queen of sheets. I'm going to write, you know what? I'm going to write not for pot on this dollar. How old do you guys know Drew Bit <laughs> Taylor? <laughs> not good. <laughs> Maybe someday on the show. <laughs> um, babe, any extra credits for you? No, I watched. I got the Criterion uh, Blu-ray of The Irishman, and I'd never seen it. Um, I got that as a present, and it just came out in November. It was uh, phenomenal. Jake S. Weissman was a huge fan of it, and I honestly thought it'd be a big like jerk fest. I remember at the time being like, "Cool, a three and a half hour jerk fest with Scorsese and all the guys," like, and they pay all this money to the age. And I was just like, "Whatever, I'm not into it." And I'm singing a completely different tune a year later. I, I'm I'm ready to watch it again, even though it is really long. I think it's really, they tricked me. It's fucking sad. It's a sad movie, Katie. Oh my God. I'm like, hey, you tricked me. I said three hours in, like three hours in. I'm like, oh no, wait a minute. I came in at the end. I was like, no, this is fucking sad. What the fuck? Yeah. Um, so no, but I, I really dug it. That's really my only extra credit of the week that I can think of. Um, I mean, there's football. You can listen to my, my football podcast, NFL MAO for all my football thoughts. Um, speaking of my co-host uh, Aiden from NFL Mayo wants to come on Bad Movie Brunch he just rewatched Remember Me starring Robert Pattinson and he's ready to throw down he loves it and I'm like Aiden it kind of has some 9-11 stuff in it right and he's like that doesn't matter those people had real lives and I'm like oh my god so hot takes afoot <laughs> I my extra credit was watching um Pretend it's a city, and it's all about an interview with Fran. She was cracking me up. She was telling some story about her and Leo DiCaprio and this like and like uh, an e-cigarette and like like taking it on a plane and shit. It was like hilarious. I was like, oh, I wish I could name drop cool stories about just like mundane shit. Oh, this Mm -hmm. woman is brilliant and makes me want to move to New York and smoke cigarettes. Um, And I think (laughs) that if you live in L.A., it's a Why does it look so cool? I mean, Mm -hmm. I get why cigarettes are still happening. They look cool. (laughs) Don't quote me on that, kids. This is actually, (laughs) well, I'll kind of quote badly paraphrase what she was saying because she is a smoker and a firm believer that the smoking should still exist and still be um, allowed in restaurants because she said um that what do you think happens when people sit around and smoke 
and she was saying this to Mike Bloomberg, um, the mayor who outlawed it in New York. She goes, you think it's just people smoking? No, that's when art happens. You think that if Picasso would have went out and had to take a smoke break, that he, he would have done X, Y, and Z? And, and, and she's like, no, he would have missed something. So you need, to, you need to think about what you're doing when you're outlawing that. And, of course, she has, like, brilliant stories about being at the, the Muhammad Ali fight, and she hated mm-hmm. uh, fights and all these things. But um, if you need a dose of wanting to feel like you live in the 70s and um, you were cool and in the know of it all, watch that. It's very, very fun and exciting. And especially if you live in L.A. and it's like the antithesis. And I love that these two coasts are so opposite. It's brilliant. That's what I watched. Again, you don't have to pay money for that if you have Netflix, folks. So go go enjoy a woman being funny. Or you are paying money for it if you have Netflix, folks. So watch it anyway. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Spend your money wisely. You're paying for it either way. Yeah. All righty. I think that sums everything up. Oh, we'll wrap it up, babe. You're the one who always signs us off, so sign us off. With that being said, I'm Luke Taylor. I'm Katie Grotzinger. And I'm Taylor Taylor. Have a great weekend, everybody, because I said so. Bum, 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 bum.